0: JB, happy Thanksgiving to you, my man.
1: Happy, happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving
0: to you, sir. Hey, you, 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 come over here, you. Wait a minute. Hey, we go live. The head coach walks by like it's nothing over here. How are we doing? Coach Sarasulo, happy Thanksgiving. Thank come on over. Hey, coach. Say hello, JB. JB, how are you? It's
1: pretty good, man. How, how you doing?
0: Yep, right there. <laughs> hey, hey, we're pretty by, we're pretty just... quiet
1: over here, but.
0: How's that for you? Well, we've got Coach over here now, and there we go. JB, we're going to leave you out for a second. Coach?
1: Yeah, you don't need to see my mug.
2: Welcome to Live in the Huddle. How's this feel for you? Feels great. Happy to be here. Excited for the kids. We've been uh, wanting to do this for a while, so finally got here. So... Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there.
0: And by doing this for a while, he didn't mean be on In the Huddle Live. He meant celebrate Thanksgiving with his team, I believe, JB. Uh, so, absolutely, I mean, you get through Endicott last week, and I, I think a lot of people were a little surprised. I'm not going to lie to you, you guys weren't, but that vaunted defense of Endicott, you yeah. guys were able to bust through somehow. And uh, now you got the Ithaca team coming up. How's that going to go?
2: Yeah, last week was exciting, obviously, for the kids and everything, and uh, something to build off of. And you know, it was exciting to get the opportunity to play another week. And we just kind of living in that mantra right now: one more week. So you know, and obviously, think is a great team, great opponent, and uh, and uh, but we're pretty good as well. So you know, we'll give them everything we got and see where it plays out. But our kids will play hard; they'll play relentless and. Uh, Looking forward to the trip and looking forward to spending today with the kids as well.
0: A legacy Empire 8 uh, matchup back when. JB, uh, you know, yeah. we haven't even gotten to, through our cold open here. You got a question for a Coach before we uh, open this thing up?
1: Well, you I mean, for me, Coach, I, you know, watching the, the game last weekend, I know everyone always talks about your offense all the time, the triple option, the 400 yards rushing every game. But it really felt to me in, that, in the win over Endicott, your defensive line was, was really the unit that kind of dictated the pace of the game. Um, tell us a little bit about that defense. It's, it's probably a little underrated. It doesn't get as much press as your you know, triple option offense, but it really did seem to show up big time for you guys in that win.
2: Oh, yeah, they've been showing up big time all year long. I mean, Coach DiRienzo does a great job with the entire staff over there, Coach LaMarca, Coach Pavelchek. Coach Neer, Coach Moore, and uh, Coach Woodring—they all do a tremendous job coaching the kids up and getting them ready to play each week. And uh, uh, all year long, our defense has, has played really well, and you know we're going to need that again this weekend. And that's the expectation is to this weekend. Is uh, Ithaca's offense obviously is tremendous, and they've got—they're well coached as well. So, hoping for another great matchup.
0: How do you stop AJ Wingfield? I mean, that's a question a lot of people have asked. Uh, yeah, I yeah. believe he's a Gallardi uh, semi-finalist now for good reason, I've watched him for two years up close and personal, he's a magician out there, do you stop him or do you only hope to contain him as they used to say?
2: Yeah, no, he's a tremendous player, they have a lot of good players offensively and defensively and core wise as well obviously with uh, what they did this past year, they're having a special season too. So. You know, we're not as concerned about what Ithaca's doing as much as what Springfield College is doing, and you know the preparation that we've put in each week and put in this week as well. So, got another day to practice today and, and continue to work on some things that uh, that will help us be successful in the game,
0: Coach. gonna I mean, let you enjoy breakfast, All right. but uh, as we step aside for a second here, uh, let's uh, let's see how the players are doing, guys. How are we doing team. today? Yeah. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> It's season 15 of In the Huddle. First off, oh boy. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there in uh, yeah. Streamland here. We are early. I am not a morning person. I haven't had my coffee yet, but we'll wait for that for a little while. And uh, it, it is uh, great to be here, great to be with. A fi- I, I've got multiple families I'm going to be with today. This family, my village family, my real family, the Audinos later on, as you know, uh, for, formerly of Union College. So, uh, JB, I know you've got a lot you're of part of our family too, Frank.
1: We've been, we, yeah. we, you know, you married Jen and I a while back and you're, you know, you're our, uh, or one of our little brothers, I guess we could say. Um, so you're definitely part of this family. It's great to be here on Thanksgiving. Uh, it's funny. I saw that our, our friend Todd Crawford said nothing like having a couple of turkeys before the real turkey later. Well, that's what you get. I mean, I, I've been called everything from a dollar store, Colin cowherd the past week, um you know it's been a lot of fun but hey you know it's, it's great to be here on uh, thanksgiving morning we have got you know a couple days away from the next round uh, eight great games between you know 16 of the best programs in d3 let's go
0: dollar store collar coward oh utica how I love the after this last week you put us through. Indeed. We'll uh, talk a little bit more about that later on. Um, we will also have Joel Valadez from Linfield University hopefully joining us. Technology was a little dicey, but we got through. We punched through the firewall. Just like uh, you know most people run through a wall for Coach Sarazulo. we punched through ours yeah. here uh, to get uh, live here on our show. JB, part of this show is to talk about where we came from, basically, to get here in the first place. You know what that means, but first, your thirty thousand foot view of round one leading into round two. Go ahead.
1: Well, I mean, uh, I, not that we're experts or anything, Frank, but we we both collectively went ten and six, so that meant that we missed on a bunch of games that we, where we thought we knew who was going to win, and that didn't happen. So I, I could, I think you can safely say that the first round had a lot of. Upsets, if you want to call them that, or um, you know the fact that the the WIAC, whatever you want to call it, is gone. You know the the, the best conference in Division Three has zero participants in the the round of sixteen. Says a lot about this season. I mean, it's it's kind of been a crazy year. We've had we've had these big games, these topsy turvy results, and here we are um, with some interesting matchups that could lead to. Well, I think on one side of the bracket we we think we know who's going to be punching their ticket to annapolis but what do we what do we know um we might be wrong um again (laughs) so we'll have to wait and see how it all shakes out but i have a feeling when we get around to our picks i might be picking some underdogs here just to roll with it because that seems what who's winning in these games lately
0: Before anything else, I want to thank Brian McGoffin, our Sports Information Director here at Springfield College for helping us get this show together. I don't want to leave that out uh, later as we uh, close the show. Usually we're rushing to end the show for whatever reason. Brian, thank you very much. Uh, But right now, it is time for crunch time for Week 12. That means round one of the playoffs of the 2022 Division III college football season. We start in the upper left-hand bracket where Northwestern and Minnesota face St. John's University. And in the first quarter, four minutes into it, Nick Van Earp gets a 41-yard touchdown pass from Aaron Severson to make it 7-0 St. John's. Second quarter, at the end of it, basically 46 seconds left, Jimmy Buck with this 11-yard pass from Severson makes it 35-0. It was all St. John's, 49-0 over Northwestern. UW Lacrosse visited Wartburg and we'll go to the third quarter. One minute into it, Wartburg's Hunter Claussen gets his 57 yard touchdown run. That makes the score 14 6. And we'd stay there all the way through the fourth quarter. And look at this fourth and 10 play as Kate Garcia looks for Jack Studer, just can't get it to him. And that would pretty much do it for Lacrosse. Wartburg wins the game 14 6. Mount St. Joseph visited Alma, and in the third quarter, halfway through it, Cole Thomas gets a 74-yard touchdown pass from Carter St. John. That made it 28-21, Alma, and then they pour it on. Halfway through the fourth quarter, Eddie Williams with a 21-yard touchdown pass from Carter St. John makes it 34-21. Final score 41-21, Alma wins. Finally, in the upper left, Aurora visited UW-Whitewater. We'll go to the fourth quarter. Five minutes left, Aurora's Cameron Moore, who had a day, it's a 25-yard touchdown pass from Josh Schwantz and make it 33-21 Aurora. But Tyler Holti, a minute and a half later, gets this 28-yard pass, a miracle from Evan Lewandowski as he fumbled that snap, picked it up, and got it to him at 33-28. Aurora still leading, and here is the crux of the game as Evan Lewandowski is intercepted by Kaysen Burris. That would do it. 33-28 Aurora upsets Whitewater. In the lower left-hand bracket was Salisbury visiting Mount Union, and it was the Wayne Ruby Jr. show. As 11 minutes into the game, he gets his 18-yard touchdown pass from Braxton Plunk to make it 7-0. Then three minutes into the second quarter, Wayne Ruby again, 24 yards from Braxton Plunk, makes it 14-0. Those were two of his four touchdowns on the day en route to a 51-0 win for Mount Union. Utica visited Susquehanna, and we'll go to the third quarter 10 minutes into it as Nate Palmer gets his 5-yard touchdown pass from Braden Zenilovic to make it 10-3 Utica. Then the first play of the fourth quarter, Izzy Maldonado gets a 13-yard touchdown pass from Zenilovic to make it 17-3 in favor of Utica. Susquehanna would make a game of it, making it 17-10, but here's Michael Roosh getting intercepted for the fifth time in the game, Jamal Smith getting his third interception, and that would do it as Utica would upset Susquehanna 17-10. Cortland visited Randolph-Macon, and in the second quarter, one minute left, Joey Hunt gets a 25-yard touchdown pass from Drew Campanelli before he gets injured in this game. That tied the game at 21 apiece. We'll go to the first play of the fourth quarter. Andrew Isle gets a one-yard touchdown run. It's 35-28 Randolph-Macon, and here's Zach is getting intercepted at the midfield stripe by Alex Biddle, and that would do it. Randolph-Macon holds on 35-28. Gallaudet visited Delaware Valley and it was pretty much all Del Val. Here, two minutes left first quarter. Tamir Barksdale gets a five-yard touchdown run. And then later on in the second quarter, four minutes into it, Jay White gets this nine-yard touchdown run. Del Val all the way fifty-nine to zero. In the upper right-hand bracket, Lake Forest visited North Central. Twelve minutes into the game, D'Angelo Hardy gets this beautiful 33-yard touchdown pass from Luke Lanon to make it 14-0 North Central. Then in the second quarter, four minutes into it, Ethan Greenfield with a 27-yard touchdown run, 21-0 North Central. They'd finish the game 50-0 in favor of the Cardinals. DePaul visited Carnegie Mellon, and they would cash in early with DePaul with a short field as Ballantyne gets a 15-yard touchdown pass from Wally Rennie here to make it 7-0 in favor of DePaul early. But in the second quarter, it's all Carnegie Mellon. Ethan Reefer gets this 14-yard touchdown pass from Ben Mills to make it 21-7 two minutes into the second quarter, then 14 minutes into the second quarter. Ethan Reefer gets another 14-yard touchdown pass from Ben Mills. That's 28-7, Carnegie Mellon. They would roll. The Tartans win 45-14. In a battle of Massachusetts, Springfield visited Endicott, and in the third quarter, two minutes into it, Shane Aylward gets a 53-yard touchdown pass from Clayton Rangi to make it 7 apiece in this game. But then Springfield takes over. Midway through the third quarter, Blaine Hart with a 7-yard touchdown run makes it 14-7, Pride. Midway through the fourth quarter, Christian Huttrick gets a 33-yard field goal. It's 17-7 Springfield. Endicott will get a touchdown late, but it would still be Springfield winning 17-14. Mass Dartmouth visited Ithaca, and you'll see in these highlights that it's pretty much fumble and a touchdown Jake Williams, first from 11 yards out. Fumble, then Jake Williams with a one-yard touchdown run, and then another fumble by UMass Dartmouth, and Jake Williams with another touchdown run. Seven minutes into the game is 21-0. Ithaca final score 63-20 in favor of Ithaca. Finally in the lower right-hand bracket, Hardin-Simmons visited Trinity, and here is a huge play. Two minutes left in the game. Ryan Meerfield with a 38-yard touchdown pass from Tucker Horn to make it 14-7 Trinity. Harden simmons would have a chance to tie or win the game. And this is it, with one second left, Galen Glynn intercepted by Casey Hampton, and that would do it. Trinity wins a heart-stopping game, 14 to seven. Huntington visited Mary Harden Baylor, and midway through the first quarter is Afonso Thomas with this 20-yard touchdown run to make it seven to zero in favor of Mary Harden Baylor. Then, two minutes left first quarter, Brandon Jordan, nine-yard touchdown pass from Kyle King, and makes it 14 to zero in favor of the crew. Then second quarter, five minutes into it, K.J. Miller gets his 20-yard pass from Kyle King to make it 21-0. The final was 54-0, Mary Harden-Baylor over Huntington. In a battle of Pool C, teams Bethel visited Wheaton, and we'll go to the fourth quarter. Three minutes left in it. Wheaton was trailing by eight points, but here's Will Bowers with a two-yard touchdown run to make it 34-32. Bethel leading. Bowers tries a pass on the two-point conversion. It's too low, incomplete. So still 34-32 Bethel. Wheaton tries to get the ball back. Jaron Rossi says no. He completes this pass to Micah Newald, and that pretty much would do it for the game. Bethel wins 34-32. Finally, Pomona Pitzer visited Linfield. And with two minutes left in the second quarter, here's Joe Valdez getting his second touchdown of the game, a 15-yard pass from Blake Eaton to make it 20-14 in favor of Linfield. But Pomona Pitzer would not go away. Four minutes into the third quarter, Will Raddis gets a nine-yard touchdown pass from Skylar Noble. It's 21-20 Pomona Pitzer. Finally, Linfield takes control midway through the third quarter. Connor McNabb gets his 12-yard touchdown run to make it 27-21 Linfield. The final, Linfield wins 51-24. That's Crunch Time Express for Week 12 of the 2022 Division III college football season. And scores will be rolling on some of uh, the uh, screens uh, below, just in case you uh, need to catch up. We'll also have the ECAC and all the other bowl scores uh, as well. Uh, so uh, just look for that down there. Our guest is ready to get coming up at. Uh, 8:30 Eastern, 5:30 Pacific. Uh, we'll have him on, Joel wow. Valadez, who you just saw score that touchdown for Linfield. But JB, let's talk about a little bit more specifics of those first-round games. And uh, you do I uh, put together these slides to uh, give some, uh, you know, superlatives and uh, acclamations toward the uh, players that had big days. So uh, as people look at these, uh, kind of review the games. What you saw in each of these brackets.
1: Well, I mean, the top seed St. John's had little trouble with with Northwestern. They they blank them forty nine nothing. But the the big game, which a lot of people had circled when the brackets came out, was this Wartburg lacrosse uh, matchup. And it's interesting to see, you know, how um, you know Wartburg ke- kept a team like the Eagles down to only six points. Um, that says a lot. Uh, the, the the defense from Wartburg. Gave, gave Garcia some struggles. He only passed for 135 yards, one touchdown, but two interceptions. That's going to be a big deal when they face off against St. John's this weekend to see, you know, can this can this Warburg defense, um, you know, stymie, um, Siversen as much as they as they did Garcia. On the other side of the bracket, you had Alma winning pretty comfortably in their kilts, 41 to 21 <laughs> over Mount St. Josephs. There was a lot on D3Football.com. I think our, our um, uh, one of our one of our good friends, um, uh, Joe Brights Brian Joe Joe Lester Frank is, is that's the Brian writer's Lester. name. I'm, I'm Brian blanking. Lester. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, sorry, man. Um, need more coffee. Uh, he wrote a great article on on them and and other teams this past week. And then Aurora, with with the upset of the of the weekend, really um, the 33 to 28. Uh, a win over Whitewater on the road. Cameron Moore doing a Randy Moss impersonation with almost 200 yards, receiving three touchdowns. Uh, just an incredible game by the, uh, the Don Beebe's as I like to call them. And they, are, they were sort of the big surprise of round one.
0: One thing I want to bring up right now real quick uh, as you bring that up, JB, is the fact that we had a retirement, basically. uh, that was related to that game. Kevin Bullis from UW-Whitewater did retire after the uh, loss, and uh, it was a surprise to some, not to everybody. I understand that he may have started moving toward California where his daughter plays volleyball at college, uh, and so uh, it sounds like this was maybe in the plans for a while. It was not necessarily based on this one playoff game or bad uh, ending of a season type scenario. I I know Whitewater fans have high expectations, but at the same time, uh, look, I I think that Kevin Bullis would have stayed there as long as he wanted to pretty much. One person I spoke to yesterday was uh, Kansas head coach of all people and former uh, UWW head coach Lance Leipold and talked about Kevin Bullis' retirement. And here's what he had to say about it. Anyone who knows Kevin Bullis knows he's an outstanding father, husband, coach, and friend. His contributions to Warhawk football go way beyond just championships. His development of young men, improving facilities at UWW are just a couple of examples. It was a pleasure to coach with Kevin and an honor to call him a friend. Again, Coach Lance Lightpole, now of Kansas. Great words from him. They worked together for a little while, obviously. Uh, You know, Lance uh, sort of jokes about the fact I took a lot of the staff with me, so he had to kind of build from the ground up to a certain degree uh, when he went to Buffalo, uh, like Bolt did, and uh, Kevin Bullis, so, did get a Stag Bowl visit. North Central sort of blew the doors off them uh, in that game, uh, but then, you know, you know the rest of the story. a lot to Coach Bullis in retirement for sure. Um, you know, a lot of uh, talk. Maybe Don Beebe is the guy that uh, people will want over UW-Dub. He's created a system at Aurora for sure where a quarterback can succeed no matter what their name is in a way uh, in that system yeah. that we didn't anticipate. We watched it happen before our eyes on Saturday in that Whitewater game. Let's go to the second uh, set of brackets, the lower left, and Mount Union, Wayne Ruby Jr. He's feeling just fine after that pile on that occurred uh, during the uh, yeah. celebration of the Bowen-Wallace game. 51-0 to there, Braxton Plunk 353 yards. Utica, I'll tell you, look, they earned it. And, you know, looking back at the score predictions, I had the game the closest out of everybody, but still I did not pick Utica to win. But, uh, you know, Susquehanna just played a very, very stiff game, I would call it, as we watched it play out in front of us. And five interceptions never helps you. But giving up five interceptions (laughs) and still losing by seven is another feat in and of itself. But you want to come on the winning side of situations like that. More about Utica in a little bit. Randolph Macon, 35; uh, Cortland, 28. We're not sure about the status of Drew Campanelli in this whole situation. Uh, it, it sounded like he took a pretty good ding, came back, but may not have uh, finished the game, from what I understand. Talked to Coach Fitzpatrick about that last week, and uh, he took his hat off, or had, uh, yeah, he took his hat off to Randolph Macon uh, after that game. Del Val, 59 to zero. Louis Barrios, 173 total yards, didn't have to play for very long in that game. Take us through bracket number three in the, uh, I believe, the upper right-hand side.
1: Yeah, so the the, the big favorites, North Central, 50 to nothing. Um, you saw in, in Crunch Time Express, Luke Lennon was clicking through three uh, passing touchdowns. He's, I think he scored a couple uh, on the ground. Greenfield did as well. Um, DePaul, Carnegie Mellon, though, was a really surprising game for many of us because while a lot – well, you, know, you and I, I think we, we, we both picked uh, the Tartans to win. We we expect this to be a close game. It was not. 45-14, to 14, the Tartans really, their offense seems to be rolling right at the perfect time because they're going to need all those points against North Central coming up on Saturday. The Battle of Massachusetts went to Springfield, their their rushing attack. And, and really, I like I said to Coach Sarasulo at the top of the show, their defensive line came through to keep Endicott's high-powered offense in check, and they win 17-14. Mass Dartmouth, I mean, I've seen this happen a lot to teams uh, that play Mountain Union for the first time and hopefully this won't happen to Utica on Saturday. They just kind of turn the ball over two or three times. They find themselves down twenty one nothing before the first quarter is even really, you know, getting going here. And it was, you know, all Ithaca pretty much. And that's that's a home field advantage they have at Butterfield. Um Wingfield came out pretty early that's why i think we have max perry on um you know, on the stat sheet here because he, he really played most of the game um given all the struggles that that the corsairs had they'll learn from that experience and and be better the next time they they punch their ticket to the tournament but yeah a, a dominating win by ithaca really feels like they're on on their way to chicago
0: and I'll take you through the, uh, the lower right, well, th- I'll take you through this one, my uh, yep. friend, as uh, Trinity, uh, it was a touch-and-go game for sure, and uh, finally in the fourth quarter, Trinity gets ahead of Harden-Simmons, 14-7, to and holds on with that last-second uh, interception, literally last-second interception, one second on the clock to start the play, Tucker Horn with 157 yards, not a quality performance in terms of yardage, but hey, he came up with what he needed to come up with again at the end of the game. Mary and Baylor just rolled over Huntingdon. I did not expect them to roll that much, 54-0. Kyle King, 364 yards, four passing touchdowns. Bethel uh, with that two-point win over Wheaton. It reminded me of the Johns Hopkins game against Susquehanna, chasing an extra point situation throughout the game and then paying the price for it in the end, losing by two, and couldn't convert the two-point conversion to make it happen. And Linfield with that big 51-24 victory. Uh, against Pomona Pitzer, but it was much closer than that during that game. That's for sure, JB. Oh, yeah. And uh, as we uh, begin to position ourselves here, let's talk a little bit between you and me about uh, this Bethel-Linfield game. Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking, hey, why don't you give respect to Linfield? And a lot of people uh, on the other side of the fence are like, well, you know, who have you played, I guess is the question. But here's their chance to prove a lot to the country in terms of yeah. Linfield Wildcats being somebody to talk about through this postseason. What's your thought initially on that game?
1: Well, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see you know what Linfield team shows up, because we've seen them struggle on the road uh, at Huntington in the early part of the season when it was really hot and humid, which yeah, it, it pretty much always is in Alabama in September, uh, but now they're the home team, and, and Bethel is flying out to them. Um, that home court advantage could prove useful. I think the fact that they've played in some close games after blowing out most of the teams in their conference um, will help them, but... This is a game that I think a lot of people are going to say that Bethel is the favorite, even though Linfield's more highly ranked and they're the home team, the higher seed. Uh, But the Royals are a legitimate threat. And they could definitely win this game with a quarterback like Rossi and and some of the other talent that they have on that roster. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Can't hear you, Frank. I think we got you on mute.
0: Brian, Brian McGovern is <laughs> offering me some breakfast, and uh, we're, we're going to hurry through this interview now, Joel. Is that okay? Because i got to eat. No, just kidding, buddy. Uh, Joel Valdez joining us from Linfield University. He is a, uh, listed as a junior slash software. I like what they're doing over there because they're basically saying what year you are academically and what year you are in terms of eligibility, which really does solve the mystery for us Well, we have to ask the question every time this uh, last couple of years, hey, uh, you know, do you have a year of eligibility left? Do you... Have a couple and so we'll talk about that a little bit later joel you were the player of the game according to the broadcast uh according to us as well uh the other day congratulations on the big win versus pomona pitzer how's it feel to be going to round two with your team
3: oh first off i just want to say thanks for having me on um i appreciate all the coverage you guys do for d3 football i hope you guys can hear me but um no it feels good we know we know that we have a big team in Bethel coming up. They're a great team and um feels good to get that win over Pomona. They were a great team. They came out strong. I mean we knew that they're in the playoffs for a reason. They're gonna come down. They had it's their first time ever making the playoffs, so they're gonna come out strong. They came out swinging. They had a pretty big fan base come down from Southern California. So I mean I think they they were excited to get in the playoffs. They came out strong but I'm um, happy to get off the dub and move on to Bethel.
1: Joel, it's, it's always been interesting to me, um, you know, Linfield is a, a team that's won a national title, one of the very few in Division Three that have in the last 20 years. You guys are always ranked very high in the, in, in the top 25 year after year. And yet, for some reason, it always feels like you guys are sort of also the, the underdogs because you play on the West Coast and, and pretty far away from the rest of Division Three. Are you guys bringing sort of that um, underdog mentality into this game again? I mean, you know, Bethel is from the, from the MIAC. They're, you know, highly regarded in that respect. But you guys are the higher seed, the home team. What, what are your thoughts going about going into this big game on Saturday?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, it's not talked about too much, but I think we all know it's there, kind of. Uh, I mean, who doesn't like to play with a, as an underdog, you know? I think it's kind of nice. Our coach talks about it sometimes, and our leaders talk about it a lot too. Like we got to come with a chip on our shoulder, and um, I personally like playing as an underdog. Got to come in and have something to prove. So with Bethel coming in, this is a chance that we can prove ourselves to the rest of the country and really get a nice dub and open up people's eyes to us.
0: The Huntington game at the beginning of the season taught you guys a lot, I think, about fighting through adversity. Uh, And you know, tell us more about what you guys did learn from that uh, from that Huntington game. I mean, that's a long travel game, no doubt. The humidity down in Alabama was obviously pretty heavy and high. Uh, But you know, again, if you lost the game, it would have been held against you ultimately uh, in the whole bracketing scenario. Tell us about what you learned in that Huntington game early in the season.
3: Yeah, I know. Huntington was a great team. Um, we knew that they were a top 25 team coming into the game. And I think it really showed a lot for us because last year, you know, we had a great season. We went undefeated and lost to Mary Harden in the quarters, who, I mean, I've been playing, I haven't been playing D3 for that long, but they were a powerhouse last year. They're a really good team. And so, Coming in this year, we kind of had a few key players that we lost, obviously, in Wyatt Smith and the quarterback position we had some really big leaders in the secondary that we lost. And so I really think that game just proved um, that we are going to be able to have key players in those positions step up and Blakey and that quarterback and some younger guys in the secondary, too, who struggled that game, but um, have gotten a lot better throughout the year. And... Blake, I think that that game just really proved we didn't know who was starting like until a week before the game it was kind of between three guys at quarterback position, um, which we were grateful to have. They were all really good. And so week four, uh, like a week before uh, Blake got the starting job. And so it was kind of shaky still. And then I just think that game really proved that Blake was Blake was the man. And that's who we're going to roll with for the year. And obviously, he's gotten a lot better throughout the year. Now it's time to go.
1: Yeah, no, he he's been he's been awesome. So so Joel, what was it in that in that fourth quarter that sort of flipped the script on? I mean, the whole game with Pomona Pitzer was back and forth, maybe a little closer than some people thought, but something. And I've seen this in a, in a few of the Wildcats games this season. You guys get to a point and then you just explode. <laughs> you know what, what what was what was the real key to that? Um, Basically, I think you scored, what, like 21 or 24 points in the fourth quarter. What, what was sort of the catalyst there to get you guys that big win?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we just weren't really firing at all cylinders at some point, and we know that we're not going to be able to do that this week against Bethel. They're, um, I mean, no hate on Pomona. They are a really good team, but uh, Bethel is definitely, I think, a lot better, and um, – I mean, I don't, I don't really know the answer to that question. I think uh, when you see a shoot off like that, I think it's just, we were firing at all three cylinders and special teams defense offense at the same time. And yep. it's just kind of the time that it happened to, to go.
0: Momentum is a big deal Perfect in football. Timing. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you guys just started rolling. I, I took my eyes off the game and you went from that 50 yard field goal to up by 20 plus in about no time flat, so uh, it was one hell of an effort by your team from all three facets of the game pretty much at that point in time, so congratulations. But obviously things get tougher now. Um, One thing I I will give you credit for, you are the earliest riser in the history of In the Huddle because 5.30 a.m. is the time to start. You were up and ready to go at 5.10 a.m. you were on our screen. So, thanks for uh, doing this in the first place. But, you know, it, it's going to take a lot to beat this Bethel team, no doubt. If you get through them, I mean, is it house money or is this Linfield team really feeling like, no, no, no uh, we're not content unless we get to the Natty at the end of the day?
3: Yeah, I think right after we beat Huntington and we started like halfway through the season, um, our leaders, our coaches, really stepped up, and we knew that uh, we had some we had some big goals for this year. And coming in the playoffs, um, we've really just been thinking about our season, and we want we really want to win a national championship this year. So we've been coming in every day, working as hard as we can, getting our lifts in. And this year, we think we really have a we really have a good shot. Um, the top five has been all shaky this year. Like a lot of teams are losing. And so I just think we see our, this opportunity to win a national championship this year. And we're coming in swinging. And really this week is our biggest test, like you guys have said. So um, this is our chance to prove it.
1: Well, Joel, you you, you got a little mention in our, our live chat here from a Mary Harden Baylor fan. They hope to get to play you next. They, they have a lot of respect for for you and your program. So that, that's what they're rooting for, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, and we certainly um, you know, wish you wish you the best on this on this journey. Like you said, the Royals are not going to be pushovers, but the, they'll certainly um, you know test you guys. But you have, like you said, when when you click on all three phases of the game, this Wildcats team is is really tough to beat. Frank, I don't know if you've got anything else, or should we should we let Joel get to his either morning? Well, actually, I got one last one for you, Joel. You're you're up the crack of dawn. It's 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 5:40 in the morning on the west coast. Are you gonna go like lift? Is it time to eat turkey in, in like an hour or so? What's what's going on up there in in uh, McMinnville?
3: Yeah, um, so we actually have morning practice today, so a lot of our local players can get home and have Thanksgiving with our family. Um, so I'll probably just stay up because I got practice in a few hours anyway.
0: <laughs> well, I will take it from here then, JB. Thank you for joining us on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you and to uh, your mom, Shauna, who's a big fan of the show, I know. So, Shauna, thanks for watching. But it's your time for shout outs to any family, friends, teammates, et cetera, that might be watching. Joel Valadez, it's all yours.
3: Um, I'm sorry, I didn't really hear you. What'd you say? Shout outs are shout-outs? all let's go
0: for it. Yep, you got it.
3: Oh, yep. I just want a, a big shout out to my mom, like you said. Big fan of the show. Uh, big shout out to my team. And just big shout out to my family, trainers, everyone who helps me get ready for the games. Got a big week this week. Excited for Bethel and hopefully move on Mary Harden Baylor Trinity. Thank you guys for having me on.
0: You got it. Thanks for, uh, for everything. Happy Thanksgiving, to we said. Now you represent the westernmost okay. team. I'm sitting with the easternmost team remaining in the bracket here uh, right now. And so that shows you just how big D3 Nation really is. It comes all the way across the country this way. Best of luck this weekend. And uh, thank Kelly Bird for us, your uh, sports information director, for helping get this uh, together as well.
3: Yeah, thank you, guys.
0: Joe Valadez, uh, JB, from... Lynn that was great. It absolutely was. All the way and- from
1: Oregon. Wow, that that's yeah. that's quite a pull there, Frank. I mean, we must be we our show must be going places, if we can get the attention of people on the West Coast to get up at five in the morning to to talk to us, goofballs. Man, what what a great what a great guy. And and I think it actually is starting to change my mind on where I'm where I'm going with the, my pick in that game. I, I don't know. I thought maybe Bethel was still call, but I think I think Joel talked me over to the Wildcats side. I'm I'm I think they're they're on a roll here.
0: It's time to take a look at the games in round two and uh, start running through. And we're going to add an interview in just a little bit uh, with a Springfield player as we are here at Springfield College on this Thanksgiving Day, 2022. Go for it, my friend.
1: All right, so on the left side of the bracket you have the big uh, Wartburg-St. John's game to sort of get things kicked off, as well as Aurora versus Alma, which I don't know if a lot of people had that one circled on their bracket as, as a possibility, but here we are, and um, you know the this Aurora team could be on its way to a um, corner final situation. We'll see. Utica versus Mount Union is going to be an interesting matchup. I don't think the Raiders are the same... Uh, level of powerhouse as they were from decades ago, so I, I imagine the Pioneers feel they have a, a, as good a chance as any. Randolph Macon versus Del Val should be also be an interesting one. Um, the Aggies' defense is real tough. Is Drew Campanelli healthy enough to start this game? That's a big question mark there uh, for the Yellow Jackets. On the right side of the bracket, you have the, the rematch of the game that never happened last season because of COVID issues. Carnegie Mellon is going to North Central. Uh, it's Basically a tale of great offense from the Cardinal side versus a great defense from the Tartans. It should be a, an interesting matchup. Springfield versus Ithaca, kind of the same situation. You, know, you, you have definitely a favorite in Ithaca, but Springfield's ability to hang on to the ball, run the clock, play good defense, could keep them in this game and make things interesting. This, this one will certainly be a, a key game to watch. Mary Harden-Baylor versus Trinity, another rematch from last year's playoffs that, that saw the crew barely squeak by the Tigers. Um, the script is flipped this year with Trinity being the host and the higher seed, but I th- still think a lot of people will view the Crusaders as the favorite just based on the play- I mean, they, they get in the playoffs and all of a sudden, 50-something points later, Kyle King is locked in. He's a semi semifinalist playing in his final year. Big matchup there, and then Bethel versus Linfield, like we just discussed with Joel Valdez out there in Oregon, and it should be a great, uh, great game. And looks like we've got uh, another great player to talk to here. Hey, what's going on, man? <laughs>
0: Nick Ranieri joining us, uh, fullback from uh, Springfield here. And Nick, uh, the fullbacks are really the crux of the offense, as everybody knows, although the quarterback might have a lot to say about that, and the offensive line as well. But uh, obviously, let's take it through first, uh, the Endicott game uh, last week. Uh, You guys are busting through. It seemed like you were wearing down the defense, especially late in that game. That's how you guys end up with a 10-point lead and uh, you know they take a long time to even respond uh, toward the end of that game tell me about that defense and how you guys got them to wear down the way you did
4: yeah i mean i I think that's uh, kind of the whole focal point of our offense um, is to um, kind of just pound the ball um, all game to a point where we get our opponent to quit Um, and that's what the beauty of it is And, and our two main priorities of our offense are take care of the football and establish a fullback game uh, so when we do both of those things, we usually end up pretty successful. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm I'm a broken record, and I still think that your defensive line, you know, gets a lot of credit for that uh, that win on Saturday. You've been practicing against these guys, crashing into them all season. Tell us a little about this, you know, Springfield defense. I mean, obviously, everyone knows about the the triple option offense at Springfield. It's been you know, it's a decades long sort of a thing uh, up, up there in, in Western Massachusetts. But do you feel like your defense is a little underrated and they got some of their due last weekend?
4: Uh, absolutely. I think our defense um, is, is unbelievable and they, they come up huge in so many situations and give us uh, just tremendous opportunities um, on the field. And, and I think, I mean, you can't play a football game with just one side of the football um, and, and where are we're rolling on all cylinders right now and I think our defense has a huge huge part to do with that.
0: Nick being here with the guys on Thanksgiving is something that hasn't happened in uh, 16 years Brian. Uh, 2006 uh, was the last time it happened. How's this feel? I mean this has been a goal probably since you got here and for the entire team. How does it feel to be here on Thanksgiving? Obviously minus family of one sort but with family of the other sort now.
4: Yeah uh, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, I think When we start our season, we make it a goal of ours to get to Thanksgiving, Um, and and like you said, this is the first time it's been done since 2006, so we're extremely lucky to be here. Um, We're we're grateful, and and, um, we're going to try to make the most of this opportunity. I mean, like you said, um, it's a little bittersweet because we can't be with our families, but we have a whole other family right here, and, and we're very happy to be spending it with this family.
1: How'd you guys let this uh, this mayor from upstate New York into into the fold here? I mean, I guess you know <laughs> you made the drive, and, and at least at least Brian's putting up with you, right, Frank? So are you gonna you gonna guys have breakfast with the with the mayor today, or what's going on? I mean, it sounds like they already French ate. Like they already ate all around. Get over with. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. So Nick, what's a, what's the game plan for today? We t- we we spoke with a player from Linfield earlier. They have practice in a few hours. Are you guys gonna do a a morning practice and then do something as a team? Um, dinner-wise later or some guys might shoot off if they're local to to go see their families?
4: Uh, Yes, sir. Uh, We just ate breakfast here. Uh, Now we got meetings at 9 o'clock and then we got a a practice at 10 o'clock. And then after that, we're coming right back to the dining hall here and and enjoying a nice family Thanksgiving.
0: Business as usual, basically, uh, to a certain degree, except for that a little extra oomph for Thanksgiving. Nick, I'm going to give you a chance because I see you have uh, meetings in 12 minutes, according <laughs> to the clock here, to give any shout outs to family, friends, etc. Obviously, Thanksgiving
4: takes on extra meaning. Go right ahead. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Just shout out to my family, uh, my mom, my brother, my girlfriend, um, you guys are awesome and, and this is why I do it. And, and you guys got me to this point point. Um, and then shout out to everybody watching the Springfield Pride. Uh, we can't do it without you guys and all your support. Uh, we're gonna try to go get it done this weekend for you guys. Thank you.
0: Uh, and girlfriend's first name is Ashley. Ashley, I'm just trying to keep you out of trouble. Okay. <laughs> That's so right. we like you couldn't match my
4: name. <laughs> Way to Frank.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nick, uh, congratulations on getting to round two. You've got a uh, big feat uh, to do uh, to come up with. If you guys are gonna get through Ithaca, the old Empire Eight rivalry uh, in the old days, yes, playing out in the second round of the playoffs yeah. here. And uh, good luck to you because it will not be easy, but you guys are capable of the task. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. No problem. It. JB, uh, by the way, we didn't go through your MVPs from uh, Week 12, which uh, we're going to see right there. Happens a heavy Springfield player. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, it sure does. And, um, you know, they might need Christian to come up with a few long kicks uh, on Saturday in a close game. I mean, he 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 came through with, a, with basically the game-winning field goal from 30 three or four plus yards out and uh, got some new Mac and other uh, kudos for that. Uh, so definitely keep an eye on, on that element of this game. I mean, obviously Nick Baja is, is well known in, in D three circles as far as being a good kicker. It may come down to these guys uh, honestly, you know, kicking field goals to, to, to get the win. Um, Defensively, Jamel Smith, three interceptions. I mean, a big reason why Utica's in the second round is because of him uh, and the turnovers that the defense was able to to force in that uh, 17-10 win over Susquehanna. And then, as I said at the top of the show, Cameron Moore was like a, a Randy Moss out there, number 84 Almost 200 yards receiving, three touchdowns in the big, pretty much the biggest upset of, of potentially the year, you could say, with Aurora knocking off uh, the Warhawks. Really great performance. And, hey, looks like you got a little, you're breaking bread finally, Frank. That's, that's good to see.
0: <laughs> Brian felt bad for me. He gave me uh, put the the uh, setup over here, actually. So you're going to be talking a lot more for this show. Um, one other thing that okay. we did not do uh, was uh, go over the bowl game results. Um, which is interesting when you look at, uh, especially the Centennial MAC Bowls, uh, or the MAC CC Bowls as we have at the bottom of the screen there, however you want to call them. Uh, Mm -hmm. basically, we had a sweep from the Centennial in those bowls. Uh, take us through what happened.
1: Yeah, so basically in the ACACs, um, you know, Hobart just got off to a slow start, Washington and Jefferson capitalized on a lot of turnovers in the second quarter and ran away with a 35-18 win in the Bushnell Bowl. RPI, Morris Hill State, we thought that would be a low-scoring defensive game. It was. They won the White Law Bowl 10-6. And then FDU Forum and Grove City, this is, I think, the third or fourth time that, that the Wolverines have won the lineup bowl. So congratulations to them on that three-peat. In the New England Bowls, we <laughs> had an interesting uh, matchup with a team from D.C. coming up to Massachusetts, but the Bears hang on to win 34-24. to Plymouth State. Um, edges Husson on the road 21 to 20 in what was a, a really close game in the Neptune Bowl. Apprentice School beats Bridgewater 38 to 28. We had, as you said, in the Centennial MAX series, Hopkins. Your Sinus and Muhlenberg all win, so gives the Centennial a three, three to nothing sweep there. And then in the lakefront and the Isthmus Bowl, we had a, a rematch from last year's Isthmus Bowl with once again the, the um, River Falls Falcons hanging on for a 31 to 24 win there. And then in the first ever Cousin Subs Lakefront Bowl, Monmouth wins pretty decisively 45 to 20 over Concordia of Wisconsin.
0: Well done sir uh and uh we just fixed our uh, scroll bar a little bit there as well so uh we got that rolling again uh you feeling ready for uh what what's in front of us i i the good news is that there are no screenfield players around so we could pick against them and they would never know the difference at this point <laughs> but <laughs> per- perhaps that would be a problem i don't know but what do you think
1: well you know i think um you know, once again, there there are some clear favorites in this next round just based on the national polls. But like we saw last weekend, you never know what's going to happen in these playoff games and the way matchups can, can go down. I did see that the weather in Ithaca is going to be cold but sunny on Saturday. Of course, they get a little rain on Friday to wet that field down to try to slow the, <laughs> the triple option. So the guy with the hose doesn't have to spray the field. They're going to get uh, Mother Nature to take care of that for them. Um, but, you know, it's... There's going to be some interesting close calls this weekend. I think there's going to be some upsets. The home teams are not necessarily going to win all these games.
0: Sorry to chew in your ear, um, but you know, I think it's time. Uh, what do you think? All right. Uh, are, are we going
1: to fire up the tunes here?
0: Of course we are. You think oh, we wouldn't car. do that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> I can hear you're it
0: now. You still lead by too many. There's no way I'm catching you this season, so that much I know. Um, but let's go with this anyway. Uh, let's see. You started last week, so I guess I have to start this week, right? So yes, sure. Warburg at St. John's. As I'm trying to make sure there's nothing coming in my teeth as I do this, um, <laughs> you know. Aaron Severson's definitely found a groove this season. Warburg struggled to score an offense in the second half. I think St. John's will struggle a little bit against the Wartburg defense, but not enough to lose the game. St. John's wins this game by a final score of
1: 31-20. Yeah, I'm really struggling with this one. I feel like I should pick St. John's, but I feel like just for the heck of it, and you know, maybe that's the benefit of having this lead, I'm gonna go on a flyer and say that Wartburg is gonna win this game. They're, they're if they can keep um, the Eagles to six points, they're gonna be able to shut down the Johnny's offense. Even though they're the road team, all I've heard about all season is how underrated this Wartburg team is. All right, well let's see it. If they can beat St. John's on the road, then that would that would show me something that maybe they're a Stag ball caliber team. We'll have to wait and see. I'll, I'll say Wartburg, fourteen to six.
0: Todd. Kent, I heard you. We started the clock, okay? Got it. Um, So next up, it is Aurora at Alma. Tough one. You start.
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be another one of those games where the the Don Beebe's just, they've got a little too much on offense. Alma's had a Storybrooke season, um, but I, I feel like, you know, this... For some, something's going on up over there in western Chicago, so um, I'll take Aurora to win this game 31 to 24.
0: Tough to win two weeks in a row on the road, but I think they're gonna do it. Aurora wins this game for the same reasons you talk about by the final score of 35-24. Utica and Mount Union. Listen, Utica, congratulations. Maybe some of this stuff on social media was a little juvenile at times. I'm not going to lie to you, okay? Uh, remember to win with class. Remember to win with a sense of humor to a certain degree. It was a little bit uh, maybe us against them mentality a little too far, but whatever motivates you at the end of the day is fine. Here's the problem. If you lose by 50 to Mount Union, you're just another team that lost by 50 to mile Union and are out of the playoffs. If you you know, come close in this game, you get a whole level of respect. If you win this game... I'm going to be basically you hunted it. down and uh, pretty much stoned, I think, by Utica fans at that point. <laughs> now Union wins this game
1: 42-21. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Utica just has to avoid what every other playoff team that plays the Raiders for the first time. Don't turn the ball over three times in the first quarter. I mean, it, that'll kill you. You, you followed that script to beat Susquehanna. You need to create turnovers. You need to pressure Plunk. You need to get Ruby out of his out of his game. But I still feel the Raiders are, you know, the class of this bracket. So yeah, I think it'll be a closer game, Frank. But I'll take uh, I'll take the Purple Raiders to win,
0: 35-28. Randolph making at Del Val.
1: Louis Barrios has been a game changer for the Aggies, and I think he's going to be the reason why they'll win this game. I mean, obviously. Guys like the Nobiles and others on defense will have a big impact and given that, that we don't really know the status of Drew Campanelli, I feel like I have to pick the Aggies because they're 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 really that good of a team and they they will likely advance in this low scoring game 24-10. Uh, to 10.
0: I, I'm feeling like Del Valle actually scores a little bit more than that and for the reasons you brought up about Louis Barrios the fourth. I think that he is that level of game changer for them. So I'm gonna say that they win the game by the final score of Del Valdez. 37, uh, 20. Next up. All right. Mary Harden, Baylor, Trinity. Oh boy.
1: Oh boy. Who's first, is this me? Uh oh. Me. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, okay. After you, sir. So I'm
0: going to this game. Going down to San Antonio tomorrow morning. Uh, Going to be there for this. Mary Hart and Baylor fans want me to pick against them. They want me to pick against them. We know this, okay? And so I re-picked Trinity to win this bracket, this quadrant of the bracket. So obviously I've got to pick Trinity to win. The defense of Trinity is something special this season, no doubt. They held Hart and Simmons to seven points on Saturday. Who can do that? even Mary Harden Baylor didn't do that remember something they gave up 20 to them and early it wasn't like it was garbage time that was when the game was in doubt so Trinity keeps the score low just like last year but at home with better caliber right now wins this game 10-7 wow
1: yeah, I, I just feel like the um, the playoff crew has entered the chat. As we said on the bracket blitz show last weekend, I think Kyle King and company are going to, you know, run away with this one. Uh, it, as, as good as Trinity's defense is, I think when the crew gets in the playoffs, they just step it up a notch. I'll take the Crusaders to win thirty-one to twenty-one.
0: Bethel at Linfield.
1: Yeah, this was a game that I initially was thinking that the Royals would come away with the win, but I think Joel talked me talked me down, talked me over to the Wildcat side, so I'm going to go with the home team. Maybe it'll be, you know, fourth quarter, uh, late pull away, but I, I think it's going to be a close close game either way. Um, let's say 35 to 28. Linfield. Yeah,
0: I, 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 yeah, I think Winfield with home cooking here has a true advantage Jerosti uh, still is a little bit dinged up. There's no doubt. Okay. Uh, and he's played a strong game against Wheaton uh, and put that game away. Credit to him for that. But uh, congratulations on the Gillardi semifinal uh not as well to him. But I'm going to give Linfield the uh, edge here. 31-27. Carnegie Mellon at North Central. By the way, if. Carnegie Mellon were able to beat North Central. Carnegie Mellon would host versus no matter who comes out of the other game. More on that later. First, got to get through this game. Carnegie Mellon is a great defense. This game would have been a blowout a year ago. I don't think it's necessarily a complete blowout this year. North Central, though, has too many weapons on offense and eventually will break through in this game. Pulling away late, North Central wins this game 30-14.
1: Yeah, I think that sounds about right, maybe 35 to 21 or or so. I think Carnegie Mellon's offense is peaking right now, which is good for them. They're going to need those points. But just Greenfield, Lennon and company, too much firepower, Hardy, I mean, it's going to be a challenge. They're, They're the number one seed for a reason, so I'll take the Cardinals. Okay, We're, hey, Brian, you're, you're, I, you're yapping, I'm but muted, I don't hear anything. I'm, there you mute,
0: go. I'm muted for a reason. Come on over. Brian McGoffin, our Sports Who Information Director here at uh, Springfield. Hey, Brian. What's up, buddy? JB, good to see you, man. See, happy Thanksgiving. Stay in the picture with you us. Too, yeah, so, happy Thanksgiving okay. to you. We got Springfield Ithaca here. Yeah. Look, betting people would say Ithaca gets this game, I think. Uh, JB, are you going to go Ithaca also, at least uh, in this respect?
1: Probably you know, they they're they're the favorites for a reason. It's gonna come down to whether or not the pride can contain AJ Wingfield. He's really the the secret sauce of the bombers, I think. Um, but with that triple option offense, the way they can, you know, hang on to the ball, you never you never know. But yeah, the bombers at home are, are you know, clear favorites in my opinion.
0: Okay, so you're saying bombers at home clear favorites. Uh, look, Brian, if we pick both pick Ethica. Do you promise to tell the guys we both, both picked Springfield so that they don't like hold it against us or something? <laughs> I would love to say, as they're in their next o'clock meetings shouldn't. right
5: now, that they're not watching this show, but I'm sure they're probably also somebody's got it up on their phone right now. So I don't know if I'm gonna be able to spin that one, Frank, as much as I'd like to.
1: Yeah,
5: at least I have, think last week though. I think, I think you guys both picked Endicott and it worked out all right for us. So if you guys want to go with Endicott we again, and we were wrong, That's okay, that's
0: okay. Reverse logic.
5: Yeah,
1: the here. reverse psychology always works.
0: uh, So, okay, Ithaca wins this game. Uh, Just too much A.J. Wingfield at the end of the day. I'm going to say by the final score of 27-17. What do you say?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think probably it'll be a lower-scoring game. You know, it's going to be cold. Um, Field conditions could be a little muddy based on the rain for Friday. So, yeah, I think it'll be like a 27-21 game. Bombers are going to squeak by, though. I did
0: hear that they were pouring Miracle Grow on the lawn at Butterfield <laughs> all week long. However, so
5: uh, just just know that I believe Coach Long was uh, was reminiscing of the days that maybe the hose got left on on Butterfield overnight, Who just knew? in case, Who just knew? in yeah. case that triple option was coming. RPI used still Thomas R. City Arcano in, in the
0: old days at uh, eighty six field. Uh, so why not do that? Okay, wh- what's your thought? You predict this game, Brian?
5: Yeah, I mean, I, obviously it's uh, two teams that haven't played each other in over a decade, but certainly a lot of a lot of history um it's certainly yeah. a great deal of respect between the two programs i know that uh you know coach DeLong sent a message to the guys just talking about all the memories he had all those years at butterfield and coach sarasolo getting his career started there as a ga way back when in 1995 at ithaca kind of got his uh, the foundations of his coaching yeah. career started up there in the city of gorges so um at the end of the day my paycheck says springfield college on it so um <laughs> we're gonna go with, uh, with the fellows from alden street we'll say uh We'll go twenty-four twenty-one. 21. I like my guy Hutra late.
0: Really. Hutra uh, broke uh, what kicker. kind of records right now for yeah, you? Yeah,
5: Christian Hutch has certainly had a special senior year for us. All time uh, leader in field goals for us here at Springfield College and the single season record as well. Uh, wow. Big one last week for us at Endicott that kind of uh, ended up being the difference maker.
0: Right there, he's the JB uh, MVP for special teams of the week and uh, again we've got to thank you mm-hmm. brian for all the hospitality and accommodations here and breakfast now sorry jb you don't get that uh but uh springfield pride is a special team to me uh, from the liberty league days and everything else from you uh being so hospitable uh in you know the various roles i've come in as for d3 football for uh in the huddle for just union college back in the old days so we want to thank you for everything as well Uh, hopefully we get to keep the road going for you uh, in some ways here I I don't mean that against Ithaca but I mean uh, obviously somebody's got to win somebody's got to lose that game so we'll see where it goes but uh, you also have a very good team coming back next year no matter what happens here don't you
5: yeah absolutely and I think uh, I'd be remiss right it's Thanksgiving it's Thanksgiving morning at at nine o'clock and you guys have taken the time away from your family and friends to celebrate what makes this division three so special and it's our student-athletes and while they're away from their families today certainly such a core memory for them to be able to be with their teammates not because a game got scheduled on Thanksgiving weekend (laughs) but because they earned the right to play Thanksgiving weekend so it's a credit to you guys right above and beyond uh, always setting a new standard Uh, I said it it feels like we got Greeny and Goldberg at a bar outside of South Bend before a big game uh, Notre Dame and this is uh, for us to have you guys join us in our dining hall in western Massachusetts on Thanksgiving morning is something certainly I'll never forget and I'm sure our student athletes weren't either so Thank you guys for everything.
0: Well, we got it to work in the end. We always didn't get JB up there, but we got it to work. uh, Gosh, start it. And here's what else we're going to get to work. Me down on the field level at Trinity, uh, as Mary Harden Baylor goes there this uh, Saturday, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern time, uh, noon Central time. So I get to watch a little bit of the games going on beforehand. I'll give you a little pregame report from down there, though, as well. Uh, we got some exciting games coming up this weekend, uh, JB. Final thoughts from you, sir.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, once again, these like half the games are going to kick off at, at noon. Then the other half will kick off at one. Bethel Linfield kicks off at three, so maybe it's not technically half and half, but it's going to be a lot of action packed into um, a, you know a couple of hours, and so it should be really exciting to see how all this wraps up, and then you know we'll be down to effectively the. Elite Eight, um, which is which is pretty exciting.
0: Folks, we'll see you across Twitter this weekend. We'll go back to our normal uh, Crunch Time episode next week. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Thank you for joining us. If you're joining us live or if you're watching us during Thanksgiving itself, uh, I hope you have some great turkey dinner. If you're watching, it's Friday. So you're smart. Uh, but, you know, at least I'll be traveling, so, you know, at least we've got a show on the air for you Safe with travels. both review and preview. We'll see you soon. Good luck to the teams still playing, and happy Thanksgiving to those that are at home. Enjoy your families at the very least. Bye, folks.